You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and I was at the 2008 AMA Medical Communications Conference in San Diego, where I had the opportunity to speak with several notable figures and pioneers in the field of medical communications. A personalized medical search on the internet for the general consumer. We're talking to somebody who's making that happen right now. Mr. Ash Damley from Sunnyville, California, who is the CEO of Medgal, a new web-based personalized medical search engine for the general consumer. Welcome to our program. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here. Mr. Domley, can you tell us a little bit about the origins of this this new search engine? How did it come about and what are the goals of, of the engine? I've had the idea for years before we actually started Medgal, and this has really started from the fact that both the folks are actually physicians. And we've always talked about diagnosing and having questions. And especially when your parents are physicians, the only person doing diagnosing is actually yourself because they will never look at you like a physician. And so after going through college and, you know, starting a consultancy company, one of the things I've always found was it's very difficult for everyone to be able to get answers to very simple questions. And sometimes even though it's sometimes very embarrassing to ask questions. And as a result, that was the basic impetus of MedGoal, was a place where people could easily ask questions as to why they're experiencing certain symptoms and what are the options as to why and what they can do about it. Now, how does that differ from the WebMDs, the health lines out there? What is the difference in, in this approach? So the big difference is that the fundamental base of what we do is an expert system. So what we have is cross-connected about 10,000 symptoms, 2,000-plus diagnoses, with age, gender, duration, and lifestyle factors such as smoking, high fatty foods, etc. And that's really the fundamental base upon which everything that we do is, is on. And as a result, what we're really focused on how, is how everything connects and helping people move from the information that they do know to the information that they don't know. A consumer is not going to know about viogastritis or acute or chronic bronchitis. They're going to know the fact that I've been coughing or I have a stomachache. And how do they know to even look up these other items that are actually potentially what they have and what they can go about doing it if all they know is that the fact that they have a stomachache? We provide that bridge, helping them get to these medical terms and options as is really relevant for them. So that's really the way we differ from WebMD and Healthline is that they're great if you know what you have. We help you figure out what it might be and what you can do about it. That's really interesting. But do you fear in any respect that there might be a kind of a border conflict between the patients who start to glean potential diagnoses from, from the engine, that the parameters that they get, and then do you think that that would lead to any problems in terms of then coming to the physician and having kind of a layout of what they think is going on and, and creating a kind of a discourse or possibly any kind of conflict? What we're actually trying to do is resolve an issue that's currently there today. The current issue is people are already searching on the Internet as to why they might be experiencing things. Many, many physicians that I talk to say people come in with reams and reams of articles that they've read, and it's very difficult for people to actually understand what is and is not relevant for them. Physicians are actually happy if a patient has a clearly laid out and very reasonable and rational ideas as to what it might be. Therefore, there a discourse can happen. It's not an issue where there needs to be re-education or there's a conflict, but rather a discourse where both parties can take a lot more out of that patient visit than necessarily trying to retract them on the right course or have no clue at all. So you're saying that this phenomenon clearly already happens. What you're 
putting forward here could actually help narrow things down so that the, the, the physician and the patient could be more on the same page. Exactly. And to that effect, we actually have a print and take to your doctor feature so that if you create a health profile, it has the health profile, your chief complaints, and a quick differential all on one page. So therefore, the physician can take a quick look at that, get a quick snapshot of remembering who exactly you are, your background, what exactly you're currently experiencing, or how you've thought about articulating it, and then what are the differential with respect to that. Immediately within the first minute, the physician can jump in and have a very pointed questions to you to really start moving things along. Now, how did you personalize this search engine? How did you go about making this happen? Actually, it was a much more laborious process than we originally thought. We now have over 6 million relationships about how everything relates, and it was really amazing to us as to how much information it actually takes. What was very interesting was that the information available out there was really not standardized. Everyone's research was in a different set of parameters, and a huge amount of work has been gone into standardizing the results that people have and being able to enable algorithms to be able to compare all the different information so that we can actually personalize it for the individual. You know, even beyond this basic symptom and, you know, diagnosis connectivity, we are also taking into things like age, duration of the symptoms, gender, and lifestyle factors like smoking or high-fatty foods, as those could have significant effects depending upon the search that you're doing. Now, I have to ask because it's just a natural lead-up question, but it sounds like this is a great platform for training as well, in which you have this system that is essentially modeling the entire physician's practice or the training model uh, in which we are trying to refine our skills, our clinical skills, and our presentation to narrow down our differential diagnoses. Do you envision any kind of translation into medical training? Oh, we would love that, actually. And we would really hope that for medical students, residents, and even more, we'll be able to leverage the tool to sort of play a what-if what type of game where the patient comes in, you know, 30-year-old male experiencing, you know, chest pain for two weeks who smokes. What are the top five things I should be thinking about? And, you know, double-checking that, comparing that. We're definitely op- very open for people in, you know, residency programs to be able to do sort of studies with them as to whether or not we can help improve the quality of care provided by residents if they can go ahead and do a, a double-check on their diagnoses, leveraging medgol. This is a, an area which we're very fascinated and really hope that we can provide a value add. Well, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and I'm joined with Ash Domley from Sunnyville, California, who's the CEO of Medgal, a personalized web-based medical search engine for the general consumer. Uh, Mr. Domley, can you tell me, how are you trafficking consumers to your site these days? The most interesting thing of how we've driven traffic to Medgal has been the fact that we have actually done no marketing and our entire traffic so far has been purely organic. To date, last month, we had about 100,000 viewers come to the site and leverage MedGold to help them in their search for better health. And what was fascinating is people have blogged about it, have talked about it, and the response has been exceedingly positive and been entirely motivational. And it's also been purely organic. And, you know, the next steps for us is how do we get the word out to everybody about MedGold? What about uh, the recognition? What kind of feedback have you been getting thus far? Because you're a relatively new company that's just emerged. Yeah, we just opened the doors in last May 07, and it's been absolutely fabulous as to the response we've gotten. We were recently nominated for the Top 100 on CNET, which was an extraordinary honor for us as being such a new company. And we've been there. We've been nominated also for the Tech Museum 2008 Awards and a variety of other places, and it's just been 
very kind that people are starting to see the value that we have to the general consumer and hopefully as an impact globally. Let's talk about globally. What kind of reach are we talking about these days in the year that you've been around? What's been very interesting is actually our reach is actually global. We're available in seven different languages. And though 60% of our traffic is from the United States, about 30 to 40% of our traffic is from West Europe and about 10% from Asia. And so it's just been exceedingly exciting how the uptake has been, you know, from the places like UK or China as well. And it's just growing. Tell me about some of these, your experience with the different countries. Has there been a different level of usage, a different uh, type of usage, considering the different problems that emerge amongst different populations? Have you noticed any, any differences or disparities? The differences in some ways, some of the different symptoms that people do searches on as to what the most common symptoms are, which is always very fascinating. One of the things we will be releasing in about a month and a half from now is the ability to do geofiltering, especially for the issues of infectious diseases. The probabilities do shift according to your location where you are. I mean, even in the United States, results for the Northeast differ slightly from those from the Southwest. And, you know, obviously that translates definitely places like China, India, Southeast Asia, Europe, and Africa. Any other kinds of filtering parameters that you're trying to instill into it? Because it sounds like the more you extend your reach, the more you need to be able to refine for different populations. Sure. We do have an ethnicity background already there. Obviously, we've talked about smoking. We have also things about do you or do you not have diabetes? You know, and as we include the geolocation, we think that's going to pretty much cover the span. We're always looking to add new and important filters, and we're always looking for options that people come and tell us about. And as far as the experience of, you're probably tracking in some way the type of usage that's coming up. Do you find that there's any predominant types of problems that are coming up for you on the uh, site? In terms of the symptoms that people are looking at, etc.? Yeah, actually, very interestingly enough, though I did not expect it, a large number of stomach-related symptoms are usually being searched on quite frequently. So either you know stomach pain, stomach cramps, distended stu- you know stomach, things of that nature. Obviously, you have the fevers, the coughs. So, I mean, it's been very interesting seeing as to where people are taking it. Obviously, there's a wide variety of symptoms people do put in. It's also seeing for, interesting seeing from an aggregate perspective what are the results like. Have you gotten any specific feedback from clients or users that have mentioned outcomes from the, for themselves in terms of searching up on some of their problems? Actually, yeah. We definitely had people email us that they've been able to catch uh, diseases earlier on than they otherwise would have and subsequently not getting treatment. Actually, I know very specifically about a, a personal case of mine who they were experiencing symptoms in which hyperthyroidism was a high result. They then got checked for that and are actually now getting treatment. And so that was a huge motivational sort of story for us. I'm hearing many stories, perhaps not so huge, but, you know, even small things I hear all the time. And it's been, you know, every time you hear that, that definitely makes your day. And you know that you're being a value add to people all around the world. It sounds like from that story that a family history was very integral to this person figuring out what might be going on with alongside his or her doctor. Is that part of the parameters that you... Yes. So once you do a search, one of the parameters are it comes back what are the potential relevant family history. And also if you create a health profile, you can enter what potential diseases you have from a family history perspective. And it does take that into account as part of the algorithm. So as myself, you know, I have a family history of diabetes. And there are certain symptoms which I would never have expected to potentially be connected with diabetes, but actually are. And, you know, as I do my own searches, I find that, okay, wait, suddenly diabetes is showing up, diabetes type 2. I should start being more aware, be more concerned about the subject, what are things I can do. And it's really helped me take actual positive steps to actually hopefully mitigate my risk of actually developing type 2 diabetes. And in that way, it's been very valuable for me. What can somebody expect to find in terms of your algorithm to churn out for them if they, if they come to the site and they say, 
I'm experiencing symptoms of what we would call polyuria, polydipsia. I'm, I'm, you know, obviously they don't put it that way, but they say, you know, I'm, I find that I'm having to urinate a lot. Um, I find that I'm much thirstier than I used to be. What can they expect to find in terms of this algorithm churning something out for them? So actually, interesting you mentioned that. Two things. First of all, we make it very easy for them to be able to articulate their symptoms in sort of two ways. One, there's an autocomplete feature. So if they just start time urinating frequently, it would automatically say urinating often. They can click on that. And also increased thirst is also another symptom that we have. And obviously, if you combine those symptoms for two weeks to two months or more, you know, you're going to get things like diabetes immediately showing up as part of the top results. And they're like, wait a minute, I really need to start looking into this. And then they can hopefully go to their doctor and, you know, really start getting checked out and getting treatment. But it's not just that they come up with one or two results. They get a list? They get a list. It's a differential. It shows you the options. And what it does is it shows you the options in descending order of likelihood. So the ones that are more likely are up top and the ones that are less likely are on the bottom. And it tries to go ahead and depict for people how one is potentially more likely than the other and why it is likely. So what are the common symptoms for that particular diagnosis? What is the category of that diagnosis? How frequent is that in the United States? So people can really ingest the information and be be able to make critical analysis on top of it. Mr. Donnelly, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I hope everyone comes by and visits MedGle. It's M-E-D-G-L-E dot com. You've been listening to ReachMD XM157, highlighting the 2008 AMA Medical Communications Conference in San Diego. For questions and comments, or to access our library of interview podcasts, log on to ReachMD.com and register with the promo code RADIO. Thanks so much for listening.